Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I'm William Andreessen, host of Speaking with Students, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows in the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey friend, I am so excited to invite you to a free three-day challenge called the Reflect and Renew Challenge. In this free challenge, you'll begin to think about teaching elementary music in a new way. In just three days, you'll go from feeling overwhelmed to confident and will surround yourself with other music teachers who will support and encourage you. Day one is all about reflecting. You'll reflect back over where you're at in the school year and identify the highs and lows, no matter if you are joining this challenge at the beginning, middle, or end of the school year. We start with reflecting first in order to move forward successfully. Day two is all about processing. You'll process through what it is you need to focus on to make your music teaching situation successful. Then day three is all about renewal. You'll break through mindset beliefs while setting goals and action steps to help you meet them. Each day of the challenge, You'll be getting a daily challenge email that will contain action steps for you to take. So simply head to subscribepage.com forward slash reflect and renew challenge to save your seat and I'll see you there. Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Today I'm going to be talking about minimalism in the music room and how to keep things simple. Now let me be the first to say I am not a minimalist in my life. I love to keep things organized. I love to clean out my closets and we're constantly giving things to Goodwill and my, my boys outgrow clothes, etc. But I wouldn't say I identify as a minimalist in the sense of the word, but in the music room, I want to talk about this by using that word because a couple different reasons. Maybe your background or your story starts out like mine, where you are in a position or have been in a position in a school where you didn't have any teaching resources, instruments, etc. So you basically were thrown in there needing to just figure it out and be scrappy without having any of the stuff in place. And I really do think that is where this comes from for me is the fact that I literally had to just figure it out and make it work. But on top of that, 
now let's fast forward several years. The other reason I wanted to have this conversation is because I also know the overwhelm that comes from having too many things to pull from and so many instruments and teaching resources and materials that you almost don't know what to do with yourself or with them. So this has been on my heart for a while to record this episode. So stick with me if you're like, okay, what is she talking about? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I promise I'm going somewhere with it. So stick with me. First of all, I found this really awesome quote that I wanted to share about minimalism in general. It says it's simplicity, clarity, and singleness. These are the attributes that give our lives power and vividness and joy as they are also the marks of great art. That's by Richard Holloway. So I love that he uses the word simplicity and clarity and also talks about art for that matter, but the word joy. And that is what I want for you as a music teacher. So I broke this down into a few different categories. The first one is about owning fewer things. Now, if you're blessed with ORF instruments or mallet instruments and you have a whole class set, I'm not sitting here telling you to go donate them. That is amazing. And please don't do that. But what I am saying is if you are looking at getting more instruments, more instruments, more instruments, and you're constantly needing to ask the question of where do I store them or how do I put them in my classroom when I have no more space. Or if you're constantly hearing yourself ask questions like that, maybe it is time to, well, first of all, not purchase more, but maybe look at what you have to see what is in here that I don't need anymore. And if you do know a music teacher, like I shared my story a thousand times that doesn't have very much, maybe you can donate it if it's okay with your school. Obviously, if they bought it, we need to have a conversation, but maybe you can or even have a system where you rotate instruments in and out of your classroom where you take some out. And yes, I know storage is an issue, but maybe you take them home and put them, I don't know, wherever you have room in your house where I know that's nowhere, but maybe you just have this rotation rotation system where instead of having all the instruments in there at once, you are looking at what you have and keeping fewer in your classroom at a time. Or if you're at the point where you're purchasing instruments, it's okay not to have a class set of everything. My goal in my new teaching position right now is actually to just have enough hand drums for maybe one third of the class or to have enough boom whackers for half of the class. And that way I'm not overwhelmed by having so many instruments. I don't know where to put them, but also I'm showing the kids that also it's okay to, that everybody doesn't have the same thing. It's okay that we're going to rotate and share. But if you do, like I said, have a class set of all the things, but you're starting to feel a little overwhelmed by it, maybe we're going to talk about how to set up your classroom in a, in a little bit. So maybe that's part of it. But maybe the other thing is it's not about maybe giving it away, but it's about rotating in and out what you have or looking at the instruments you have and maybe you don't need all of them and then figure out a way of how to get them out of your room. The other thing is when it comes to owning fewer things is teaching resources and materials. Yes, there are so many amazing things out there. I, I see them just like you guys do. But I have to sometimes stay off of teacher pay teacher. I have to sometimes stay out of the Facebook groups. I have to sometimes not go into the in-person stores. I have to sometimes not look at social media to see what new book someone is posting that I should buy. None of those things are bad, but I know myself. And if I see it, I'll purchase it and then I'll get overwhelmed that I have it. And then I won't know where to put it. Here's a perfect example of that. I purchased some bulletin board materials 
this summer for to use at my school and guess where they're still sitting in a drawer so i'm so guilty of this just like anyone else but it shows me that wow i went back to kind of how i didn't want to be <laughs> um because i don't want to just purchase things just to have them sit there and not know what to do with it now if you do that and you purchase something for a bulletin board and it's uh i can't use it right now but i know i'm going to use it later in the school year type of situation of course but i purchased this and i know i don't have any room for it and i won't be using this particular purchase and so i'm not beating myself up about it but it's also showing me like okay i can't just be purchasing on a whim because that for me i can only speak for myself overwhelms me when I purchase things that I don't necessarily need and that I don't know what to do with them. And then they just sit there and take up space that overwhelms me. So if that overwhelms you as well, put your blinders on when you see the different everything out there being posted and your school saying, Hey, I want to purchase this one more curriculum for you. And you're still trying to figure out how to, how to use all the other curriculum you have available. It's okay to say no, and it's okay not to own all the things. It's okay to know what's out there because it may be a future purchase or a future something you need, but maybe it's just not a right now thing. So think about that. You could, you're the only one that knows yourself and knows your school and knows your students. And so I, when I am speaking of this in generalities, I know that everyone's different. So your situation may not be that way. And maybe you don't feel overwhelmed by all the things. And if so, that's great. So know your personality. Uh, so the other thing about owning fewer things is decorations. I already talked about bulletin boards, but also think about kind of everything that you put on your walls and on your bulletin boards. What do you have up there? Is there so much on your walls that you can't even see the actual wall itself? I know there are some students who may walk into your classroom and they're going to be overwhelmed just because of the amount of visual stimulation that is in your classroom or maybe it's so many different contrasting colors that it's a little bit overwhelming as well so look if you haven't done this in a while maybe you've just been hanging up and i'm guilty of this as well hanging up the same things on your walls every single year but you haven't stopped in a while to just see what's actually up there maybe do that just kind of do a little inventory even in your brain of wow that is really bright i could see that being distracting or that one has way too many pictures on it no wonder my kids are spacing out instead of listening so just kind of do that look and see what's up there and be okay with not owning everything maybe there's some bulletin boards that you have been wanting to rotate out of the bulletin boards for a while then like i said think of a teacher who may be able to use it or just do away with it the next thing I want to talk about is programs. Now, I wanted to bring this into the conversation because I've talked about programs a few times on this pro uh, on this program on this podcast, but I wanted to talk about how I don't overcomplicate it. I know that there are so many different viewpoints on performances and programs, and I never want to step on anyone's toes or for it to sound like that's what I'm trying to do because that's the last thing I'm trying to do. But on this podcast, when I do solo episodes, I share what's worked for me. And so what's worked for me is I know for myself, I am not, I shared when I was um, going through the process of getting a new teaching position. Um, there was a school that was looking for someone who was really good at musical theater. If you have that background, I am so like just blown away by that because I don't. So for me, uh, naturally, I became a minimalist music teacher in this area because the thought of getting enough costumes and getting them ready and 
getting giant sets, it just stressed me out because that's not me. If it's you, then awesome. And I'm go for it. But for me, I did not, and I still don't overcomplicate programs and performances. And here's how, instead of having every kid, you know, have a different costume and trying to get it ready. Let's say we did a winter program. I would tell my kids to wear red and green. Some would wear t-shirts, some would, the girls would come in dresses, some of them would wear red or green pants, some would not have red or green, so I would tell them to just wear something that had red or green in it. And it was, it was fine. Like, it looked good. We, they would do great. And so, and I also would say sometimes, you know, wear a Santa hat if you have one. There was one time I bought a bulk set and everybody got a Santa hat. So, it was simple. It was still cute. They looked adorable, but it wasn't overcomplicated. Another thing is I, I already mentioned the backdrops and I'm so blown away by, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You probably are one of these teachers listening, but the awesome backdrops you see sometimes at these programs and plays and performances. And I'm just sitting there like, uh, because I am not artsy. I always tell people I got the music side of the arts, not the art side. And so for me, I love recruiting students to make, I'll just stick on the uh, the winter program theme because that's where my brain's at right now but they one of the classes helped make snowflakes and we taped them to the walls another class helped make this banner out of bulletin board paper and they colored it it looked awesome and that's what we used we hung it up at the top of the stage so you could see it and so I think of ways that you can simplify this. How can you simplify your programs and performances if you're feeling overwhelmed by maybe not preparing the actual music part of things, but all the other stuff, then think about how you can simplify it. I have another episode on this podcast about recruiting others in your school to help with things and that you don't have to do it all. So scroll back and look for that. I don't remember the number off the top, top of my head, but just simplify in any way you can. The next category is it's okay to get rid of things. We talked about this a minute ago, but let me expand on it a little bit more. Keep what you need and get rid of what you don't. I will never forget one of um, the teachers that I used to teach with a long time ago. She retired and she, the amount of stuff she had accumulated and she even looked at me and said, some of this stuff I haven't touched in 20 years. It has still just been sitting there. So I think that was kind of eye-opening to me going, hmm, if there's something I haven't used, maybe not 20 years, but in five years, why do I still have it? In fact, those of you that have been listening for a while know I hadn't been in the classroom for a while because I was running my business full time. And I had saved and saved and saved all this stuff from teaching forever ago. And I knew I was going to go back into the classroom. I didn't know when, but I finally looked at my stuff and I said, I don't want any of this anymore. Like, I just don't, I'm not gonna use it, not all of it. I still save tons of teaching materials, but there was a box of things that I just knew I wasn't gonna use anymore. And I donated it to one of my son's schools to his music teacher. So this is what I'm practicing what I preach here, because I do think it's important that if you're not using it or you don't need it anymore, it's okay to not save it. Let's talk about also what to get rid of. Look at your desk, what's on there? What do you have on there? What what needs to be there? What could be given away? What needs to be thrown away? Keep your desk as clutter-free as possible with less things. This is possible. And here's how I do this. At the start of the week, my desk, whether it's my desk that when I work from home or my desk at my school, 
they are pretty cluttered. I'm not going to lie to you. But by Friday, my goal is to stack the books. Get Look at the papers that are scattered everywhere. Do I need to throw some away? Do I need to file it? Do I need to not, I don't know, hand it out to someone? I look at everything that's sitting there. The pens, I put them away. Do I have too many pens? Do I only need a couple when I had 20? I look at what's on my desk every Friday and I do this. I declutter my desk, my work area, because I know my brain this is, and this is the same way I am in my home. I have to clean once a week because if I don't, and I do recruit my family, don't worry. My boys do vacuum in their rooms now. And that's, we're totally in a new phase of life, which is awesome. They don't do it without complaining, but they do it anyways. But, um, (laughs) but when it comes to my home, I feel like I can breathe better in my own home when it's clean, when it's picked up, when it's decluttered. And so I'm the same way in my work areas. If it's, clutter everywhere. It just stresses me out. So look at your desk and try to make it as clutter-free as possible. And when we're on the topic of it's okay to get rid of things, be intentional Excuse me, about not taking free stuff. What I mean is, if you don't need it, then leave it be. I'm talking about these awesome librarians we have in our school who are constantly saying free books, take these books and I am just as guilty as anyone else because I love using books with my students of taking them and then I may have 50 books and going I'm never going to have time in the school year to go through all of these this is not going to happen so think about what you need before you just take it I'm not just just not just books but any of the stuff there's always people saying free stuff I'm giving this away I'm giving this away and then you have 95 trinkets and you don't know what to do with them so Think about what you need. The next category is everything in your teaching and your classroom should serve a purpose. Are you creating a bulletin board just for the heck of it or does it serve an actual purpose? Remember that it's about quality over quantity. We've talked about this a ton with lesson planning, but this also goes with your actual teaching in your classroom as well. For example, if you don't have time to create a PowerPoint slide deck for every lesson, then don't. Everything should have a purpose. If the purpose is you're just doing it just to do it, then don't do it. If you're doing it though, because you know it will enhance your teaching and it's gonna help your students follow along and it's gonna help your teacher brain, then of course do it. But everything should have a reason and a purpose. If your students would be better served by visiting a particular website to learn, instead of doing a paper pencil assignment, then do that. Does your classroom have a setup that makes sense to your students and is easy to navigate around? Or do you have instruments in all four corners of your classroom and the seating areas are all over the place? Think about really when you stand there, and I love to do this at the beginning of a school year. I love to stand in a classroom and just kind of look look around and take inventory of the space and what I can do with it. So I encourage you to do that. Even if it's not the beginning of the school year, it doesn't mean it's too late. If your classroom is stressing you out, maybe it's because it's cluttered. Maybe because the instruments don't really have a home or shelves or whatever. How can you organize it in a better way where your classroom serves a better purpose for you and your students? And I want to leave you with some questions to ask yourself. Does your classroom make you feel calm or does it make you feel anxious? Is what's on your walls inviting to you and your students, or are there too many colors and items? And are your students overwhelmed by the amount of props, instruments, and centers you have, or is it just enough? 
So I hope that you found even just one nugget of wisdom from this episode. I hope you found it helpful. And I can't wait to be back next week with a brand new episode. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook Group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.